Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this is episode number 85, How to Price Your Video Work in 2023. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Thanks, guys, for listening in to another episode of Filming with Josh podcast. Filming with Josh is your home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Here in the podcast, we talk about all things video from how to price your work like we are doing today to how to shoot content, how to meet with clients, how to write contracts. We talk about it all on this podcast. So thanks for listening in. We also have a Facebook group called Filming with Josh. So be sure to go to Facebook, type in Filming with Josh and ask to join the group today. The Filming with Josh Facebook group is a private group where you can come share videos, ask for feedback, ask questions, and look for news of new information on gear that's coming out and things of that nature. So basically, it's just a hangout place to learn more about videos. So I'd love to see you there. Today's podcast is a remake of episode 11, How to Price Your Video Work, that came out on March 14th of 2019. A few different people have reached out to me recently and asked if I would do an updated version of that podcast. And the truth is, not a whole lot has changed in how I price my work from 2019 when that episode came out to now. However, I did think I could go through this podcast episode and give some extra pieces of information that might help you further have ideas on how you can price your work. So if you have listened to that previous episode, you should still find value in this one. When it comes to pricing your video work, there's really no right or wrong way to do it. Um, How I price mine or how I approach pricing is simply my opinion and is based off of my experience on what has worked for me, but that doesn't make it the gospel. So if you listen to this podcast and you feel like you have a method that works better for you, that's totally fine. This is just what works for me. And even then, hopefully, you still will get some value out of this podcast. Everything when it comes to pricing video work is based on time. Every bit of it. Time is the foundation of how you price your work. Expenses and and who the target market is and what the project is and how many people you crew up and hire for the project all add to the cost, but everything is based on time. So time is the foundation of pricing your work when it comes to video. And so when you think about your pricing strategy, every part of that strategy strategy should revolve around time. Time plus expenses. If you know those two things, you can price a project. How you price your time and expenses is what I want to talk about in this episode. Personally, for me, I have three different ways that I price my work. By the day, by the hour, and by the project. That's how I price my work. And we'll dive into all three of those. But I want to start with by the day, because I think that's the simplest, purest form of how to price your video work. And if you know what your day rate is, then you can figure out your hourly rate. And you can also figure out your by the project rate. So the number one thing you have to figure out is what is your day rate. And if you can start with that, then you can price anything. When I think about a day rate, it really is industry specific. For example, I used to work in the outdoor industry, which is hunting and fishing. And what day rates are in the hunting and fishing world are a lot different than what they are in commercial and corporate. 
And in commercial and corporate, it's a lot different than what it would be in real estate. So it, it it's kind of industry specific. So for figuring out your day rate, you first have to think about the industries that you're in. And then from there, do some research on what is a common rate. And your rate is going to be dependent on what your skill set is, what your experience is, and what kind of equipment you have. Those different factors play a huge role in what you can or cannot charge in your specific industry. The reason why industries matter is because if I were to take like my commercial or corporate rate that I make on a day rate and apply that to the real estate market, I would never get hired, right? But on the flip side, if I took the day rate that is common in the real estate market and I applied it to my commercial corporate work, I'd get hired, but I wouldn't make enough money to support myself, right? So it really just depends on the industry you're in. So you have to figure out, to figure out your day rate, you have to figure out what is common in your specific industry and build off of that. I'm primarily going to focus on the industries that I work in because that's what I know. So take that with a grain of salt. Your industry might be different than what I'm I'm doing, but at least this will give you an idea of where to start and how you can approach figuring out your day rate, which is the basis of figuring out your hourly rate and your by the project rate. So the industries that I work in are commercial, corporate, event coverage, and live streaming. I do some doc work and I do some short film projects, but most of what I do is going to be commercial or corporate or event coverage or live streaming. To further explain the industries I work in, commercial and corporate is going to be things like marketing campaigns for um, AEC firms, which is architectural and engineering construction um, or it's going to be in renewable energies, it's going to be in manufacturing, it's going to be in medical, it's going to be in large tech, um, it's going to be in oil and gas. All of those industries are the commercial corporate industries that I, I primarily focus on. And then I also do commercial work for smaller businesses, like uh, maybe it's a, um, a local real estate agency that wants to market their real estate firm, or maybe it's a local um, farmer's insurance branch, uh, or or maybe a private Christian academy. We do a lot of commercial work for, for companies and organizations like that as well. And so those are the different types of commercial corporate projects that I do. Um, and then when it comes to uh, event coverage, specifically what that is, is we will shoot things like TED Talks, or we will shoot, maybe it's a... Um, Maybe it's an, an auction company and they're having this really big fundraising gala and they want to do a video project on that to market that gala so we might cover that event and then make marketing content to promote it for the next year. So that's like event coverage type, type work. We do a lot of stuff like that. Um, and then live streaming is uh, where we would live stream different events. We live stream, for example, we have uh, this event coming up in a few weeks that is um, is the Texas Suicide Prevention Collaborative. They hired us to come out and live stream this three-day long event where they're going to have multiple speakers and presentations and things that are all based on their organization um, that helps prevent 
suicides. And so it's a three-day long in-person event that we are running the in-person AV for, all the house sound and house video. And then we're also live streaming it. So I've got... Um, you know, multiple shooters and sound guys and stuff that we brought in to work that event to both film it and and do the 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 AV for the in person crowd, but then also take it live and live stream it. So that's an example of live streaming that we do. So when I say we do event coverage or live streaming or commercial or corporate, hopefully this sheds some light on the type of projects that we take on. We also do university marketing. We work a lot with like Texas State University, Stephen F. Austin State University, um, University of Louisiana at Lafayette. And like those are some of our um, university clients and we do marketing work for them. But that's part of the commercial corporate work that I'm, I'm talking about. Um, and some of the AEC firms and stuff like that are going to be like SAM companies or uh, large construction would be like LGI Homes. We do a lot of projects for them. So those are the type of uh, commercial corporate event and live streaming clients I'm referring to. So I say that because I want to give some context to how I price my projects by the day, by the hour, and by the project. And this is the foundation of how I come up with those rates because these are the types of industries that I typically work in. Again, everything when it comes to pricing is based on time and how you figure out your value for your time is going to be very dependent on the industry. And so you have to figure out for your industry, if it's different than mine, you have to figure out for your industry, what is the value of time in your specific industry worth? So with that being said, in the commercial corporate event and live streaming markets, a common day rate will range anywhere from 500 a day, which is like a, a, a beginner rate for a DP. And I've seen them go as high as 10,000 a day. Um, I have a, a, a person, an acquaintance that I know that does charge 10,000 a day and he gets hired for massive, massive projects. So the sky is really the limit in the commercial corporate space because there's all different kinds of values and, and depending on who your target market is. This is why I chose the commercial corporate event-ish world, by the way, is because the sky is the limit. The better you get, the more networked you get, the more equipment you have, the more experience you have, the more you can charge. Um, you can't just like wake up one day and say, I'm going to charge $5,000 a day. It's not how it works. You have to build your way up. But my friend, Eric, who charges... $10,000 a day is a great example of how the sky is pretty much the limit on what you can charge and make in uh, the commercial corporate space. So that's why I chose to work in this particular these particular industries because you can make really great money if you build yourself up to that point. Now, I'm in no way, shape, or form charging $10,000 a day, and I'm not trying to pretend like I am, but I'm using that as an example to say that's the kind of range that we're working with. So when you have a range that 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 is so vast, we're again five hundred on the low end, ten thousand that I've seen on the high end. That's a massive range, so you have to figure out how to dial in your rate within that range. At least for this specific industry I'm referring to, and really any industry, you have to figure that out. But in this industry, that's a huge range. How do you figure out where you land in that vast pool of five hundred to ten thousand a day? Like that can be really tough, and. 
honestly, a lot of it is trial and error. And I, I hate to say that because I wish I could just say, hey, here's how much you should charge. But that's not how it works because it, it also depends on your location and, again, the type of clients you're working with. Because commercial work could be a commercial project for a, a, a large business like Apple or for a small mom-and-pop coffee shop. So it really, truly does depend not just on the industry but who your clientele is. Right, So you really have to do some digging in your specific industry to figure out what a, a common rate is um, on the low end, middle end, and high end, and then evaluate yourself based on where you think you fall in that range. And that's an important note. You have to be very honest with yourself. I have met people over the years that have said, I'm a high end cinematographer. And you look at their work and you're like, bro, like, no, you're not. <laughs> and and it's not that I'm trying to be mean, but you do have to be honest with yourself. You can't go out and say, I think that I am this super high-end professional and I'm worth $2,500 a day and expect to get that kind of money if you're not actually delivering results that demonstrate you are worth $2,500 a day. So it's very um, important that you are honest with yourself on what your skill set is what you are able to accomplish, what kind of experience you have, what kind of equipment you have, and what your capabilities are. Like I myself, I know for a fact I'm not worth $10,000 a day. No one's going to pay me $10,000 a day to shoot a project for them. They're just not. I'm not worth that. I have to be honest with myself. But I'm also way past the $500 day rate range. So you just have to figure out, again, what is my industry? And then what is a common rate range within my industry? based on my location, and then where do I fall in that range based on my skills, my experience, my equipment, and my capabilities. And you have to be honest with yourself because if you're not, you'll either underprice your work or overprice it and not get a lot of work. So that's kind of a broad thing to state because I'm not giving you an answer of how much you should charge per se because there is no answer I could possibly give you. It is something that you have to figure out through trial and error, but that's how you go about figuring that out. So for me, in the area that I live in, I live in Central Texas, and my work is going to be from San Antonio to Austin, Austin to Dallas, and Dallas to the Houston area. So it's kind of like a triangle. If you, if you drew a line from from basically from San Antonio to Dallas, which cuts through Austin. If you drew, drew a triangle from San Antonio to Dallas and Dallas is to Houston and Houston back to San Antonio and you created a, that that triangle, that's where my work is going to be focused, is somewhere in that triangle. Now, I do projects all over. I've shot projects in other countries and other continents, and I have a lot of clients that are not even in the state of Texas or even in the United States. However, my primary target market are companies that are going to fall in that triangle because within that triangle, I can target specific companies that are going to fall within the commercial corporate work that is AEC, um, university marketing, um, again, renewable energies, large construction, large tech, medical, etc. So that gives me an, a target area to focus on. Dallas to Austin slash San Antonio to Houston, and I look at a map and I look at that triangle, and that is the area 
of work that I want to focus on and the clientele that I want to focus on getting, they're going to fall somewhere in that triangle and they're going to be within those types of industries that I stated earlier in the podcast. So that's how I kind of dial in my location. And from there, I can then start figuring out what common rates are. It's important that you do that because if you live in the middle of nowhere in Missouri, you might not be able to charge the same amount of money that someone who lives in downtown Austin would be able to charge. And it's not that the person in downtown Austin you know, is necessarily better than you. It's just that the work and the clientele that you might be able to get in rural Missouri is going to be different probably than what you're going to find in downtown Austin, Texas. So it's really important that you figure out in your location and in the type of projects that you're doing, whether it's real estate, whether it's weddings, whether it's corporate commercial work, whatever, you have to figure out within your location and in your target market, what are common rates and then figure out where you fall on the scale of rates. So in the triangle that I described and in the um, markets that I focus on within my triangle, the rates are commonly going to fall between 500 and 2500 a day. That's kind of where the, the fall or the, the scale is in my specific area and, and in the type of work that I specifically focus on, on targeting. So somewhere between 500 a day and 2500 a day. That is what is common in my area. So what you should do when you get off this podcast, if you're trying to figure out your day rate, is draw a square or a circle or a triangle based on the area you're focusing on. Figure out the industries within that area that you want to focus on and then do some digging on what rates are common within that area and those industries and then figure out where you think, again, you got to be honest with yourself, of where you think you fall on that scale. That's how you figure out your rate. And when I say trial and error, it's because you might say, okay, I think I'm like, let's say the range is 500 to 2,500. You might say, I think I'm worth 2,500, the top end of that. But then you price projects in your area and in your target market at 2,500 a day and nobody bites. Well, okay, now I realize that even though I think I'm worth that, the customer base here doesn't seem to think that, so they're not going to pay me that. So now you got to adjust. So you got to bring it down, and and so there's a, a some trial and error there, and you have to kind of go through that. Everybody has to go through that process of figuring out where they fall on the scale, and then trying it out with the market and seeing if they'll pay it or not. And if they don't, then you have to adjust accordingly. Or if they do, but you feel like you're not making enough, then you adjust the opposite way and and go up. But there is some trial and error, and it, it takes a little bit of time to figure that out. But again, find your area, and then find the companies or the target market within your area. Find the scale of pay that is common to those markets within your that area, and then figure out where you think you fall on that scale, and then go through some trial and error, and that's how you dial in your day rate. So back to how I price my work, again, in, in my in my 
world and, and in my focused area and focused markets, it's 500 to 2,500 a day. So I create a scale and I figure out where I think I fall on that scale. And then I went through trial and error and figured out uh, what I was able to make on that scale based on everything I stated earlier, area, target market, et cetera. So that's how I figured out my day rate. That's how you go about figuring out your day rate. Now you may ask the question, how do I find that scale? You might say, I, I, I drew a box or a triangle or a circle and I figured out my area and I figured out who my target market is. And by the way, a note on target market, it's really important you figure that out. Too many people I know say, I do everything, everything from weddings to real estate to commercial to corporate to doc work to music videos and all this stuff. But it's really hard to grow a business that way. If you want to be really successful, it is my advice that you be very specific and you figure out, no, like really and truly, what kind of projects do you do? Or what kind of projects do you want to do? Because if you just say, we do everything video, it's going to be really hard to grow your business that way. A business is really going to grow well in the video industry if it has a specific area that it services. If I shot a bunch of weddings and I had a lot of weddings in my portfolio on my website, I'm probably not going to land a whole lot of AEC firms because they're going to see the wedding work I do and probably aren't going to think of me as the kind of person or the kind of company that does marketing for AEC firms. But on the flip side, if my website is full of projects within a for AEC firms, then nobody's going to hire me to film their wedding. So it, you really need to be specific and figure out what type of projects do I do or do I want to do in order to figure all this out. Because if you're all over the map, you're going to be bouncing all over the place. Your rates are going to be all over the place and, and your portfolio is going to be all over the place. And it's just really hard to grow your business that way. Like I do, a, I do outfitter marketing and I love doing outfitter marketing for hunting and fishing outfits, but to be honest, as much as I love doing that, I do think it throws a little bit of a wrench in my portfolio. Because if you look at my website, you know, we talk about doing commercial work, we talk about doing branding work, corporate work, things like that. And then all of a sudden there's a picture of a 170 inch deer getting shot, you know? So even, even I struggle with that a little bit because I do a decent amount of marketing content for hunting and fishing outfits, despite the fact that my primary focus is commercial corporate events and live streaming. <laughs> so that is something even I struggle with a little bit, but I don't want to not do the hunting outfit and fishing outfit marketing because I just really enjoy doing it because I love those industries myself and I like marketing hunting and fishing outfits. So I'm still going to do it, but I do feel like it does take away from my focus on my website. And I am not a fan of that. I, I, I sometimes wish I could be one or the other only so that my, my marketing is more focused, but unfortunately it's not. But I will say I, I keep it at that. I'm not throwing music videos and weddings and real estate and all this other stuff in there in the mix because I already feel like I, I already have one wrench in it. Let's don't throw any more. <laughs> but for my, for my best advice to you, it is that you should find a specific area to focus on and really hone in on targeting those industries and being laser focused because if you're not, you're going to be all over the map and it's going to be really hard for people to gauge what you do and you probably will have a harder time growing your business if you are all over the map versus just being very, very focused. 
So back to the question I was proposing, you might be asking, okay, I've figured out my area, my triangle, my square, whatever my area is, and I've figured out my target market, but how do I figure out the scale? And I think that's a valid question. How I personally figured out that scale was one, I worked with other companies and I saw what they were offering to pay me when I was kind of back when I was figuring all this out. So if I was getting hired as a freelance DP from another, um, you know, another production house, for example, and I was bringing my, my cameras and whatnot, um, and they might tell me what their rate that they were willing to pay was, well, that kind of helped me figure it out a little bit. Another thing I did was, you know, went to Google. Another thing I did was I asked questions in Facebook groups. And another thing I did was I picked up the phone and I called other production houses and pretending to be a client and, or a potential customer. And I got quotes from them on rates. And I know that that might sound a little sleazy, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So even though that may not sound like something that is the most, I don't know, ethical thing in the world, I do think it is a valid way to figure out pricing. So that is just picking up the phone and calling and getting rates or prices from people that are within the industries you want to focus on and see what they're quoting. Um, so doing those things kind of helps you gauge what that scale is and helps you figure out, okay, like I've called four different companies and they're quoting me from this price to this price. So that kind of helps me to figure out, you know, what, what they're charging and, and then, you know, take that information and combine it with what you find out on different groups or forums you ask questions in, um, and, uh, and then from there, you can kind of come up with that scale. So that's how I approached figuring out my scale several years back because I've been charging pretty close to the same rate for, gosh, I think 2016 is when I started pricing my work the way I price it today. So what is that? Seven years now? And I, I've changed a little. I've gone up in some areas over the last seven years, but I figured this out like seven years ago and I've been running the same train for the last seven years and it's worked for me for, for all seven years so far. Um, I've been in business longer than seven years, but this is how I figured out my current pricing rate um, and then how long ago I came up with it. And I've been, like I said, I've been, I've been following my scale for the last seven years and, I, and I've, I've moved up some, but pretty much I dialed this in like seven years ago and it has really worked well for me over the last seven years. So it's something that you should definitely spend time figuring out. And once you do, and, and you kind of hone in on what that rate is from there, you can, you can go up on that scale, the better you get, the more experience you get, the more equipment you have. Um, so that's how you kind of figure out the scale of where your day rate is and where you, de you determine you are on that scale. Once you've determined what you think your day rate should be, figuring out your hourly rate from there is pretty simple. I base my days off of off of uh, 10 hour work days. And the reason why is it makes the math easy. So I offer um, two types of day rates. You have a full day rate or a half day rate. A full day rate is going to be based on a 10 hour day. So I can figure out my hourly pricing on that is going to be, you know, whatever my day rate is divided by 10. It's real simple. So if you're looking at a scale and your scale is 500 a day to 2,500 a day, then 
you know, if you're charging $1,000, for example, a day, then on a 10-hour day, that means your worth is valued at $100 an hour. Real simple math. When I charge half days, which I don't really like doing half days, to be honest, um, because half days hardly ever end up being a half a day. But if I do a half day, it's going to be based on five hours, and it has to happen in the morning or the afternoon. It has to happen before 12 or after 12 in order to be considered a half day, because if it happens to be somewhat in the morning and somewhat in the afternoon, then to me, you've killed the whole day. So that ends up being a full day. So for an order for there to be a half day, it has to be before 12 or after 12, because that gives me the morning to do a different project or the afternoon to to do a different project. That's the only way I'll do a half day rate. But even then, I'm not crazy about doing them. But, you know, if it's local and it's easy enough, I'll do it. But that's how I price my uh, my day rate. It's going to be, again, a 10-hour day for a full day or a, uh, a five-hour day for a half day. And the half day has to happen before 12 or after 12. And then from there, again, to find my hourly rate, I just take my day rate and divide it by 10 hours, divide it by 10. And there you go. Now you got your hourly rate. Now, if a project on a day rate ends up going over 10 hours, we do charge overtime because I ran into this a lot earlier in my career where people would be like, hey, we're paying for the day. We get you for the full day. And so you'd be filming for 20 hours. And that's just not that's just not a good way to go about it. You know, I've got a family I want to go home to. I've got a wife and kids and I'm not going to be out, you know, until 12 o'clock filming in the middle of the night simply because you feel like you should have me for the day. So that's why I say five hours and 10 hours. And if it goes over 10 hours, we just start charging our, our, our hourly rate at that point. So if it ends up being a 13 hour long shoot, then you're going to pay me my day rate plus three extra hours of my time because if I want to be there for 13 hours, you're going to have to pay for 13 hours. I actually had a, a client one time. We did a music video. And this client did not want to pay for a two-day shoot. He only wanted to pay for one day. And it was a it was a pretty big undertaking because it was myself, my wife, who um, basically was a, a production assistant for the day. I brought in a second camera operator. And we had uh, uh, another director. And we had two paid actors. So we had all of these people for this project and the musician was like, I don't want to pay for everybody to be here for two days. We only go, I only want to pay for one day. We're going to have to do it one day. And that one day ended up being 21 hours long, 21 hours, man. That's ridiculous. And he only paid everybody for the one day. And this is several years ago, but I was like, no, no more. That's not happening anymore. So in my contracts, it's like, Everything's based on a 10-hour day, and once you go past 10 hours, you then start paying our, our hourly rate. Because if I would have done that, I would have gotten paid for two days plus one hour, because 21 hours would have been two 10-hour days plus an extra hour, and I would have made more than twice the money. And that's what I should have made for that project, but I didn't have that policy in place. So that's why we have um, a cap on our time uh, when it comes to pricing day rates, and that's just to prevent you from getting taken advantage of. Um, plus on top of that, it prevents everybody else from getting taken advantage of, because if you make sure that the client knows that everything's based on a 10 hour day, then not only they're not taking advantage of you, but let's say you are bringing in talent like paid actors, they're not going to take advantage of them either. So it's just a really good policy to have in place.
We also have in our contracts a clause that states that a customer cannot keep us for the full amount of time if we've already wrapped the project. So if they booked us for a day, like a day rate job, but we wrap up in seven hours, then we wrap up in seven hours. Like just because you paid for a day doesn't mean I have to stay there for 10 straight hours. When you hire us for a day rate, we're there until the project's concluded. And then at that point, we're done. There's there's no keeping us around just because you paid for it. And I've never once had a client balk at that. They understand, like, if we're done in six and a half hours, we're done in six and a half hours. They get their product either way. So they're not going to keep me around just because they paid for a full day, right? So day rate based on 10 hours or half day based on five hours before or after 12. Anything over 10 hours adds an hourly rate on top of that. And once we're done, we're done. There's no keeping us on location after we've concluded filming. So that's how we come up with our day rate and our hourly rate. Now that we know the day rate and the hourly rate, we can then start determining the buy the project rate. The buy the project rate is going to be essentially you quoting a project based on what you think your day or hours of time invested on a project is going to be plus expenses. And it's pretty simple. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. All you have to do is sit down and say, okay, for this project that we have coming up that someone asked for a quote for, I think it's going to take us two days to shoot it and two days to edit it. And so you take your day rate and say, my day rate times four, two days shooting, two days editing, and then add your expenses on top of that. Now, quick note, I do charge the same amount of money for shooting that we charge for editing. Our rate is the same across the board. You don't have to do that. It's just very simple for me to keep everything the same by having a simple day rate for what I value my time at, period. Because my time is valued at an X price for everything I do, whether we are script writing, location scouting, shooting, editing, whatever it is, the rate that I come up with, that's a day rate or hourly rate, it is a it is the same across the board. And, and that even goes as far as like if someone hires me to, to come shoot a project as a freelancer, but they're providing the filming gear, like the camera gear, the lighting and everything, I'm still charging the same amount of money because once I determine what I felt my rate was, That's my rate no matter what I do. Every time I step out of my house, it has to be for the same amount of money every single time because that's how much I value my time. Because again, I told you, everything you do should be based on your time. That's how you create the foundation for valuing what you're contributing to a project. And so whether I'm bringing all of my gear or I'm bringing no gear or whether we're location scouting or writing a script or shooting or editing, whatever it is, my rate is the same across the board, period. So when I price a project by the project, it's my time plus expenses. And expenses can be anything from hiring a cam- another camera operator, hiring a sound engineer, hiring um, actors, paying for a voiceover artist, 
music expenses, storage space, travel, lodging, renting a set, renting a staging company or or buying or renting props, all of those things are your expenses. To fi- so to figure out a buy the project price when you have someone asking for a quote, it's real simple. What is my time plus expenses going to be? That's it. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. So if I had someone call me on the phone and was asking for a quote on the phone, I could give them a quote on the phone. Now, I'd have to ask them some questions, obviously, and use those questions to kind of figure out, okay, I think it's going to take us three days to shoot it. And I think it's going to take us three days to edit it. And I think, based on what we're talking about, we're probably going to have to rent a studio. And I think, based on what we're talking about, we're probably going to have to hire a sound engineer and maybe another camera operator And so maybe I don't on the phone know what those expenses are going to be yet, but I can at least figure out what my cost is going to be. And I can tell that person, look, to do this project, I think it's going to take X amount of time. Let's say it's three days shooting, three days editing. I think it's going to take six days plus expenses. So based on that, I can tell them, I think it's going to cost you X amount plus expenses. And then I could tell them on the phone, like, I'm not sure what the expenses are yet let me get off the phone and do some digging and I'll figure that out and send you an official proposal. But based on our conversation, I think my cost for this project is going to be X amount. And that's how I can give a quote right on the phone. And that that is great, right? Because then customers feel like they can ask me a question and get an answer immediately. Sometimes customers don't want to wait five days for you to draft their proposal. You know, they might call and want to know like, hey, like I have a project I'd like to do. How much do you think it's going to cost? And I want to be prepared to give that answer. And so by knowing my day rate and my hourly rate, I can come up with an answer really fast. And another thing that helps me with it is I can usually gauge how long an edit is going to take based on the number of days we spent shooting a project. If I spent half a day shooting a project, an edit is probably going to take half a day. If I spent five days shooting a project, the edit is probably also going to take five days. So that's a real good gauge for me. As you'll see, a common thread in how I price my work is all based on not just time, but also simplicity. I did a podcast recently about why I don't charge for equipment. I mean, I would, if, if, if a client specifically says, hey, for this project, I really want to have it shot on an Aria Alexa, Alexa Mini LF, then yeah, I mean, there's going to be an equipment rental charge for that. But in general, whether I bring no gear or I bring all the gear that's in my office, I'm not charging for my equipment. I, as a professional, am going to figure out what tools I think are needed for the job and I'm going to bring the tools I own to be able to complete the job and then you're just paying for my time. It's like a carpenter, right? If you hire a carpenter to come remodel your kitchen, he's going to tell you what the cost is for his time plus materials, but he's not going to charge you for what saws he brings and what drills he uses. Those are his tools. He's going to pick whatever tools he thinks are necessary for the project, and he's going to show up and bring those tools and charge you for his time plus materials. That's the price for the remodel, right? And so this is the same way I approach pricing my work. I own 
the equipment that I own, and, it, and if it's something, again, if it's something very specific, hey, I really want this shot on an Aria Alexa Mini LF, then fine, yeah, I'll, I'll rent that and I'll bill you for the rental. But outside of something very specific like that, you're hiring me for my time and I'll provide whatever tools I think are needed for the job. And I pick the tools based off of my knowledge as a professional and based on what the project is. If I think we need aerial shots, I'll bring my drone. If I think we're going to need gimbal shots, I'll bring my gimbal. If I only think we need to shoot this on an FX6 with a tripod and some shotgun, you know, shotgun mic and some some lob mics, and that's what I'll bring. So I base everything off of my time plus expenses, and I'll provide whatever tools are necessary for the project. And those, again, those expenses could be hiring other people, other camera operators, other sound engineers, things like that. But all that's expenses, and all of that gets added to my time. So it's always just my time plus expenses. And it's very simple. I don't overly complicate things. I don't charge you for bringing one camera versus another. It's very, very, very simple. And it's based on time plus expenses. That's all, that's all that goes into it. So when I, when I look at pricing a project for a customer, if once they tell me what the project is, I just gauge, okay, man, I think it's going to take us four days to shoot it. And I know that a four day shoot is probably going to be a four day edit. So eight days of my time. So I think the project's going to cost this amount plus expenses. And then we figure out the expenses. And if the expenses are more than what they want to pay for, then we'll adjust the expenses. If I think it's, you know, we should rent a studio, but the studio rental fee is too high for them, then we cut out the studio and we figure out a different plan. But it's always still going to be my time plus expenses. And that's how you figure out the buy the project price. So from there, there's one other way that I price my work, and it's based on hourly. And this is something I've been asked a few different times um, in the Filming with Josh group from Filming with Josh members who have sent me private messages. But it, it is a common theme, which is this. They'll say, hey, I have a project coming up where we're going to be delivering a whole bunch of videos. It might be only a few days of shooting, but we might be delivering like 30 videos. How do I price that? That's a fantastic question. Here's how I price it. Sometimes, for example, I'll work with companies, and this is a great example. Dr. Christine Fisher, she's a plastic surgeon client of mine. She also owns a med spa. She's based out of uh, the Austin area. Over the past five years, I've done literally hundreds of videos for Dr. Fisher, but they're almost all the same format, which is Q&A style, question and answers, answer style. And what, what we'll do is they'll basically hire me to come to their office, and I usually get there about two, two and a half hours before the roll time is, and we'll set up all the gear, all the lighting, the cameras, the mics, etc., And then I will film individual physicians as they talk about different Q&A subjects. And usually there's someone there that has a list of questions that we want to ask for this particular shoot. So we might interview, let's just say, three doctors. And let's say each doctor answers 25 different Q&A questions. And we might film all day. It might be an eight-hour day or a nine-hour day you know, including setup and, and breakdown. So if we got two hours of setup, two hours of breakdown, that's four hours. And say we film for five hours, that's a nine hour day. 
And so let's just say during those five hours, I film three physicians. We do 25 Q&A videos. And let's say each video is going to be two minutes long or a minute to two minutes long. So here's how I price that. It's one day of shooting, but if if we've got three physicians doing 25 videos each, that's 75 videos. So how in the heck do I price something like that, right? That's a common question I get. But I keep it, again, pretty simple, and this is how I do it. Number one, they're paying me for my day of filming plus mileage, okay? That's expenses. So my time plus expenses. Real simple to figure out the shooting. The editing cost is where it gets complicated. But I, again, keep it really simple. I just base however many videos there are going to be, let's say 75, I base that off of a per finished minute charge. So if it's 75 videos, whatever the final runtime of all 75 videos ends up being, I multiply that times a per finish minute cost. So to keep math simple here, let's say all 75 videos ended up being 60 seconds or one minute long. So that is 75 minutes of finished, of 75 finished minutes of editing, okay? I would charge 75 minutes times a, times a per finished minute cost. And that would be our post-production fee. So 75 minutes times a per finished minute cost plus the day of shooting plus expenses. And expenses would be, you know, any graphics work that we have to buy or do or pay for any, uh, any sort of music, which there's not in these videos any music, but if there were, there would be that. And then, of course, you know, storage space, mileage, that kind of thing. So it's 75 minutes times my per finished minute cost, and it keeps it simple. Now, I may not know exactly what that price is going to be when we are looking at doing the project, but we can make a guess, right? If the client tells me, hey, I'm looking to have these videos be somewhere between you know, 60 and 90 seconds long or 60 and 120 seconds long and we have 75 Q&As that we want to ask, then I can still ballpark it and I can say, well, you know, if it's if it's going to be, if they're going to be 60 seconds long times 75 Q&A videos, then it's, then on the low end, it's going to cost you X amount. And if it's going to, if it, let's just say they all end up being 120 seconds long, then 120 seconds times 75, this is what it's going to be on the high end. So I, I know the post-production cost is going to fall somewhere between X amount and X amount, right? Very simple. So if they tell me they have 75 videos and each of them are going to be one to two minutes long, then if they're all one minute long, and uh, you know, I, I write down that cost. If it's all two minute long, all, if they're all two minutes long, I'll write down that cost and I can tell them that um, it's going to fall somewhere within this range. And let's just say it's $100 per finish minute, for example. So I can tell them if there's 75 videos at a minute long and and they're gonna be, and I'm just using $100 for math sake, but if there's 75 videos at a minute long to two minutes long, then I can say that the editing is gonna cost somewhere between $7,500 and $15,000, right? Real simple math because it's just, they're either going to be 60 seconds or they're going to be 120 seconds. So it's going to fall. Your total project is going to fall somewhere between $7,500 and $15,000 for editing 
plus my filming rate, plus mileage and, and, and other expenses. And that's how we can ballpark that, that, that project. And that doesn't really have to be that complex. You know, so if, so if you have a project where you're shooting a whole lot of content in one day and then you know you're going to be cutting a bunch of stuff together like like what I just described, you don't have to stress over figuring out the price on that. Just do your, your shoot rate and then have a per finished minute editing rate plus expenses. And that's how I that's how I price a work that's going to be in bulk like that. I don't do as many projects like that as I do, um, you know, pricing one or two or three different video projects or, or by the rate or by the hour. But sometimes I do get asked to do projects like this. And this is how I price these types of projects. Now you might be asking, how do I figure out the per finished minute cost? Well, I base the per finished minute on my hourly cost. So if it's going to be, if my hourly rate was $150 an hour, then it would be my hourly rate times the amount of minutes that we think it's going to be or the amount of minutes it does end up being plus my uh, my filming expenses. So that's pretty much how I figure out price pricing for work in bulk when you're doing a whole bunch of editing off of a one day or two day shoot. So that's how I figure out a, how to price those types of projects. Um, one other question that I often get asked is, what do I do when I have a client that wants me to go back and, and make some small edits? Like, for example, let's say we have a, a customer that we did a five-minute long brand video for, and they call and want us to make a 30-minute social media ad out of that five-minute video. I have clients to do this all the time. Like, one of my customers is a geospatial engineering firm, we shot tons of videos over the years. And sometimes they'll call me and say, hey, National Drone Awareness Day is next month. Can we have a 15 second video we can put on LinkedIn for National Drone Awareness Week using some of the drone footage that we've shot or footage we've shot of our drones because they they have drones for uh, aerial mapping and stuff. So they might say, you know, what can we take footage we have shot in the past and um, make a video for Drone Awareness Week from that footage that's 15 to 20 seconds long with some graphics. And I'll say, yes, of course, you know, uh, of course I'll do that. Um, and so how do I price that? So I just price that on an hourly rate. If I think it's going to take me two hours to pull up all the drone footage that I have on file that I've done for them and to put it in Resolve and make them a 15 or 20 second long LinkedIn video, then I'll just charge them my hourly rate times two hours. Real simple. So that way I can do small edits for people uh, and still make good money because I'm making my t- I'm making my hourly rate, so I'm still making good money um, and be able to give them what they're looking for, but without telling them, oh, it's going to take you an entire day, you're going to have to pay my day rate, you know, because that's not, that's not a big deal. I can make myself a cup of coffee in the morning and sit down and knock that out in an hour or two and I'll just bill them for my time. And so that's how I price small stuff like that. So pretty much in conclusion to kind of wrap this podcast up, how I price everything is based on my time plus expenses. Everything I do is based on my time plus expenses. Even when I talked about pricing on a per finish minute basis, the reason why I would charge a per finish minute at my hourly rate is because I know, and this comes back to experience, but I know from experience that if I'm editing work in bulk, 
I can usually do a finished minute an hour. And that's if I'm doing work in bulk. Now, if it's a commercial project, you know, a one minute video could take me an entire day. But if we're just like doing work in bulk and it's Q&A videos and I'm doing 75 of them and they're just Q&As with no B-roll, just, you know, two camera simple interview, I know I can edit those at a, at a, at a pace of about a minute, an hour, a finished minute, an hour. And so I charge them an hourly rate. And that's why my per finished minute cost is even based on my hourly rate. Because I know from experience, that's about how long it takes. Even if I hire an editor to edit my work for me, which I have a wonderful editor who does a lot of my work now, um, which frees me up to focus on growing the business. But even then, I'm still charging my, my full rate for editing, and I'm paying him out of that rate. And then the difference of what I pay him versus what I charge is what my profit on the editing is. So everything, even if I'm outsourcing my editing, everything is still based on my time plus expenses. And I'll just find an editor who will do it, um, you know, within my, what I would charge or less, and then I'll just make money off of that. So everything I do is my time plus expenses. Even a per finished minute video uh, on a a per finished minute basis is going to be my time hourly plus expenses. That's how we figure out all of our pricing. It's pretty simple. So if you can figure out what your area is and what your target market is within that area, and then from there, make some phone calls, do some digging online and figure out what the common range of rates is for your target market in your specific area, and then determine through trial and error and honesty where you think you fall on that range. That's how you find your day rate. And then base that on a 10-hour day to find your hourly rate. Offer half days only if they fall before 12 or after 12 and charge extra overtime costs for going over 10 hours because that's only fair. And then use that day rate or hourly rate as a basis to figure out the buy the project cost, which is your time plus expenses, and also to figure out costs for work in bulk per finished minute times hourly rate, or to do small edit projects, your hourly rate times however many hours you spend on the edit. If you can do that, you can figure out how to price anything. Even if it's a huge project that's going to take you five months to film and five months to to handle through post-production and you need to crew up and have a huge crew, it doesn't matter. It's still your time plus expenses. And the crew you hire, the locations you fly to, the locations you rent, the equipment you bring, the set designers that you bring on, the makeup artists, the props, all of that is just expenses. It's so easy to price your work because it's just your time plus expenses. So don't overcomplicate pricing a project. Look at it and determine how much time you think it's going to cost. Always overshoot because you don't want to undershoot. Always overestimate how much time you think it's going to spend. If you think it's going to take you two days to edit a project, but you get it done in a day, good for you. But tell your client in your quote, two days. If you think at max, it will take you two days base it on two days because you don't want to undershoot and charge your clients more money because you you were, you know, you miscalculated 
If you do miscalculate, you need to eat that cost because that's on you. But always overshoot, figure out at max how much time it's going to take you to shoot or edit something and then determine the expenses and you've got your price. It's that simple. It doesn't need to be complicated. Your time plus expenses and all of that is based on your market and your area. So that is how I price my work. By the day, by the hour, by the project, or by the finished minute. Those are the ways that I price my projects. It is relatively simple and it has allowed me to be able to price projects on the fly give quotes on the phone, on the spot, and be able to work with customers in a very simple manner that makes pricing projects not only easy for me, but also easy for my customers so they can quickly find out roughly how much a project is going to cost and determine whether they want to do that project or whether or not they want to make changes to expenses um, and things of that nature. It just makes it really simple for everybody to know what a project is going to cost and be able to get that price out the door really fast. And it just allows me not to have to stress about it. If you call me today and you wanted to know how much it costs to do a project, I can answer that question pretty fast because I keep it pretty simple. So your time plus expenses, that's how you should evaluate your your projects and price your work. I hope that this makes sense. If you have any questions about what I went through on this podcast, go to the Filming with Josh group on Facebook ask to join the group today, and then post your question there, and I'll be happy to answer it for you. Remember, guys, pricing doesn't need to be overly complicated. Just figure out what your what your worth is, what your value is, and charge that price. Even if you're traveling, I, this is why I don't charge half-day pay on travel day. I charge full-day pay because everything is based on my time and at my, my value. And if my value is X amount, let's say 150 an hour, then you're going to pay 150 an hour whether I'm I'm showing up with me myself and I whether I'm flying somewhere whether I'm location scouting doesn't matter what it is it's always my time at that price plus expenses and that's all it has to be for you too so don't overly complicate pricing your work it doesn't need to be complicated and i hope that this podcast gives you the confidence to figure out your price and to start quoting customers with confidence thanks guys for listening to this episode We'll see you all next week. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.